1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Pod to
3: 500-500. Tonight, a nor'easter wallops the East Coast with heavy rain and wind as millions of Americans in 16 states face severe weather. Close to hurricane-force winds in New England, trees down in New York, high-water rescues in New Jersey, and tornado threats in the south. Tonight, the latest on the dangerous weather. Vaccines for kids. An FDA advisory panel recommends Pfizer mini-doses for children as young as five. How soon will shots be available? new details in the movie set tragedy. Were crew members firing live ammunition for fun just hours before the gun was handed to Alec Baldwin? In the hot seat, social media executives are grilled over the dangers posed to children, from the TikTok challenges to allegations of drugs being sold on Snapchat. The Queen's health concerns. The major news tonight about why the 95 year old monarch is skipping out on a global summit. Taxing the rich? Tonight, Democrats plan to make billionaires pay more as we learn what benefits are in the new spending bill for you and your family. For love or royalty, a Japanese princess chooses her college sweetheart over her royal title. And heroes on the water. How the ocean is helping female warriors heal.
0: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with the first nor'easter of the season. It's a monster storm and getting more powerful by the hour as it barrels through New England overnight. Both New York and New Jersey remain under states of emergency tonight. Parts of New Jersey were swamped by more than five inches of rain just this morning. And state troopers, listen to this, they responded to nearly 200 accidents before noon. Thousands of homes and businesses have lost power, and it's expected to get even worse in the coming hours as the wind speeds increase to between 40 and 60 miles per hour. Several flights were diverted from New York City's airports because of all that severe weather. So we'll get the latest on the track and timing of the storm in just a moment. But CBS's Mola Lengi is going to lead us off with his coverage from Plymouth, Massachusetts, where the winds are picking up there. Good evening, Mola. Well,
0: good evening, Nora. Yeah, the steady rain and wind has been pounding the Northeast all day long. In fact, just over the last 24 hours, there's been more rain in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut tri-state area than those states receive on average in a given month. Tens of millions of Americans feeling the impact of severe weather tonight. In the Northeast, the season's first nor'easter brought heavy rain and damaging winds, knocking down trees, flooding roads in New Jersey, and leaving drivers stranded in New York City. By the time you realize you was in the water. Today, the Coast Guard confirms 45 year old Lawrence Broderick was found dead after kayaking off the coast of Long Island. Police in one New Jersey town made more than a dozen water rescues from cars and flooded roads after the storm dropped nearly five inches of rain in some areas. Ahead of the storm, many feared a repeat of the deadly and devastating weather brought by the remnants of Hurricane Ida last month. I'm a little worried because I got flooded in a couple of my properties, and if we lose it again, I'm going bankrupt. This storm had already cut a path of destruction through the Midwest this weekend, with tornadoes decimating several towns in Illinois and Missouri.
4: The roofs and walls are, are down, and, and I mean, yeah, it's just a total mass of destruction.
0: Also this week on the West Coast, a power
4: storm dumped
0: record-breaking rain, triggering mudslides and major flooding in California after 13 inches of rain fell in parts of the state. The storm, a small consolation for the parched western states. Tonight, the waterfalls at Yosemite roaring again after California's driest year in nearly a century. Well, in addition to the rain, the concern here in New England tonight and into tomorrow is the wind, with wind gusts expected to reach up to 70 miles per hour, Nora.
3: Mololenghi, thank you very much. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Hey there, Lonnie. So it looks like it's going to be a long night for some folks in New England.
5: Yeah, you betcha. I mean, look, thus far, this storm has been all about rain. We're going to transition and talk more about the winds as we push into the late night hours. Take a look at your radar picture. The center of the circulation is still well offshore, but it's been spilling rain as far inland as Syracuse, New York. And we've had heavy bands of rain anywhere from New York City up to Boston, putting down up to five inches of rain. From this point forward, though, we talk about the winds, because by the time you get to midnight, look at those winds that are blowing out there. Truro on Cape Cod has a 76-mile mile per hour wind gust, and at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, the winds have backed down, but they're not gone. Montauk to Cape Cod still having 51-mile-per-hour gusts. The problem there is you've got saturated ground. Even 51-mile-per-hour gusts can put over a tree when the ground is just not secure below it. Got to check in on that record-setting storm in California yesterday. Well, it's cleared California, and now it's making a move tonight with some severe weather possible anywhere from Oklahoma City to Dallas. By tomorrow morning, it's into the Houston area. By tomorrow, say, lunchtime, it's around New Orleans. Flooding rains, damaging winds, and I always hate Nora, or I'm concerned about these storms that hold on to their intensity overnight from Dallas to Houston. You're sleeping tonight while that storm is moving overhead. If you've got a weather radio, I encourage you really to keep that one turned on and stay tuned to all of it. Nora, it's all yours.
3: Oh, Lonnie Quinn covering all of America. Thank you. Well, now to a major development tonight in the fight against COVID. Today, an FDA advisory panel gave a thumbs up to Pfizer's mini doses for children as young as five. And if it clears the final hurdles, those first shots could be delivered late next week. Here's CBS's Janet Chamlian. Don't look. The FDA decision will impact some 28 million across
6: the country. It's the same two-shot, three-weeks-apart regimen as adolescents and adults, but only a third of the dose. The shots will have a different colored cap and be given with a smaller needle. More than 6 million American children contracted COVID since the pandemic started. More than 700 under the age of 18 have died.
7: Children may get fever, muscle aches, headache, uh, chills, um, and they may get a sore arm. Okay,
1: not a big deal.
6: Dr. Emmanuel Walker, helped run Pfizer's pediatric trial at Duke University, says 4,500 children took part overall.
7: Uh, Which is really a pretty uh, good-sized trial, especially when you have the safety track record that we've seen in adolescents and adults.
6: Seven-year-old Lydia Mello and her five-year-old sister Bridget were part of that trial.
8: It was sort of something brave to do, and we thought it would keep us safe. That's
6: great. Did you feel okay about it when you did it? Yes. Their parents, Megan and Jim, said they first got the okay from the family's pediatrician.
7: I think if we can all create that, that herd immunity, that we can all finally start coming out of this and start leading uh, a, a normal life and our kids interacting and playing and running around together and, and families and friends getting together and just returning to a, a normal life.
6: The FDA usually follows the recommendations of the advisory panel. A CDC panel is expected to weigh in next week, and it's possible that shots could be going into young arms by the end of next week. Pharmacies, pediatricians' offices, and clinics.
3: Nora? Yeah, as that father said, with hoping to return to a normal life. Janet and thank you. Well, tonight, we are learning more about the two victims killed in a mass shooting in a mall in Idaho on Monday. 26-year-old Joe Acker was a mall security guard and an Army veteran. Roberto Arguez was 49 years old. Four other people were injured in the shooting. The gunman was shot by police, and he died today. But still, there is no word on the motive for the attack. All right, tonight, there are serious questions about whether safety protocols were followed on the New Mexico movie set where Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed a cinematographer. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti has disturbing new details from Santa Fe.
9: Three revolvers, spent shell casings, and ammo. That's what detectives found inside boxes, a fanny pack, and laying around loose as they searched the New Mexico set where actor Alec Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer. It's not clear if the ammunition was live bullets, but there are damaging new reports about what allegedly happened just hours before Helena Hutchins' death. According to Sharon Waxman, editor-in-chief of The Wrap, sources on the set alleged crew members had been firing live ammo off set earlier that day.
3: There were crew members who had gone off and done sort of passing the time fun shooting at targets out in the desert before this shooting occurred with guns from the set, including the gun that killed Helena Hutchins. These new photos provided by
9: DailyMail.com show the movie's armor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, back at home in Arizona. The 24-year-old was responsible for preparing the prop gun for a scene Baldwin was filming on this small church set. According to a search warrant affidavit, Assistant Director Dave Halls then handed the gun to Baldwin.
0: If they were so negligent on the crew or the armorer was so negligent as to allow live ballistic rounds onto a movie set, then I think that's going to be a major problem. And I think that is so inexplicable that you're really rising to the level of potential criminal negligence.
9: And the district attorney has not ruled out criminal charges. She will join the sheriff's department here tomorrow for a joint press conference where we hope to learn more about the chain of command surrounding the handling of this gun and the type of bullet fired from it. Nora.
3: Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. All right, back here in Washington, Democrats are still working out details on the president's social spending plan, including a possible new tax on billionaires. They've said repeatedly that they're close to a deal. CBS's Ed O'Keefe joins us from the
7: White House with new details. All right, Ed, what's in it? Well, good evening. Nora, CBS News has learned that the talks are now focused on three key areas to try to scale back the bill and win the support of key moderate senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. First, Democrats are working to ensure at least 4 weeks of paid family leave rather than the 12 originally proposed. Second, they're considering vouchers of up to $1,000 to cover dental procedures instead of expanding Medicare to include full dental coverage. And finally, to help pay for the plan, Democrats are proposing a tax on the nation's roughly 700 billion There's some disagreement over whether this plan could work, and it would only pay for part of the legislation. But there is one bright spot for the White House tonight. CBS News has learned that the final package is expected to include at least $500 billion to fight climate change, a major signal of the American commitment to the issue, as the president heads later this week to Europe for two major summits where climate change will dominate the talks. Nora.
3: Ed O'Keefe, thank you. And there are new concerns tonight over the health of Britain's Queen Elizabeth. She canceled her appearance at that upcoming climate summit that Ed just mentioned on the advice of her doctors. They have given little information about her condition. The queen, now 95 years young, did spend a night in the hospital last week. All right. Facebook isn't the only social media network that finds itself in the crosshairs of Congress. Today, executives from Snapchat, TikTok, and YouTube were warned to do more to protect children or face government regulation. We get more now from CBS's Nicole Killian.
8: And you can learn. Laura Berman is still coming to grips with the loss of her 16-year-old son, Sammy, who died this year from an overdose on drugs that he got through the image-sharing app Snapchat. How is that possible? It never even occurred to me that uh, drug dealers were soliciting our kids uh, on the place where they hung out the most. Traumatic incidents like Berman's were among the concerns raised by senators to executives from YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat. Are you going to get drugs off Snapchat? I assure you, this is such a top priority. From illicit drugs to videos about eating disorders, bullying, and violent challenges that have gone viral. What the f***? Is going on, bro. Lawmakers confronted the panel about the dangers many teens and kids face online.
4: How can parents be confident that TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube will not continue to host and push dangerous and deadly challenges to our kids?
2: If anything that is illegal or dangerous violates our guidelines,
8: how can you
10: allow
8: this? The platforms insist they have safeguards, but that's little comfort to Berman, who wants more protections in place like parental monitoring software. Our kids can run circles around us digitally. So honestly, there's nothing a parent can do to monitor their kid. The good news is that attention is being called to this issue. The companies agreed to share some of their internal research about the impact on kids with the committee. The head of the panel
3: told me he may call them back to testify again. Nora? Nicole Killian, thank you. Well, tonight, a 96-year-old woman is on trial outside Hamburg, Germany, accused of being an accessory to the murder of thousands at a Nazi concentration camp. CBS's Charlie Daggett is there and reports this could be the last trial of its kind.
4: It took more than 75 years to get Irmgard Fruckner from the Nazi death camp to the courtroom. She was 18 when she worked as a secretary to the commandant of the Stutthof concentration camp, where more than 60,000 people were killed. Her attorneys say she rejects the notion that she's personally responsible for any crime. And she's been anything but cooperative, saying she'll refuse to comment. And at one point, this 96-year-old in a wheelchair tried to make a run for it. The case reflects the race against time and the hunt for Nazi suspects as those responsible for the horrors of the Holocaust succumb to old age. But Germany has been accused of bad faith for not acting sooner. Of the 110 suspects identified for Nazi crimes in the U.S. since 1973, only five were later prosecuted in Germany. The deportation earlier this year of Friedrich Karl Berger from Tennessee at 95 may be the last. The Department of Justice tells CBS News they are not actively seeking any more suspects for Nazi crimes.
7: We didn't hear from perpetrators for so many years, uh, and so I think it's important that we do hear from them.
4: Ben Cohen's great-grandmother was murdered at Stutov. His grandmother
7: survived but died last year. We say never again. How do we prevent these things from happening again if we don't understand how they happened in the first place? For
4: Holocaust survivors and families, the search for closure continues until every last person is brought to justice. Charlie Daggett is CBS News outside Hamburg, Germany. Achieving a
1: gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
3: Tonight, a civil rights pioneer is asking a judge in Montgomery, Alabama, to clear her police record. In 1955, 15-year-old Claudette Colvin was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a bus. This was months before Rosa Parks famously did the same. Colvin was placed on probation, but was never told if the probation period had ended. Now, 82, she wants to end the matter once and for all. The shipping giant UPS announced its raising prices next year, even as it reported record earnings today. The company made more in the first nine months of this year than in any full year in its entire history. Total revenue topped 23 billion, yep, billion dollars from July through September. Despite this, UPS is hiking prices by nearly 6%. That's the biggest increase in eight years. All right, a Japanese princess, the emperor's niece, lost her royal status today when she married a commoner. Princess Maiko was the first imperial family member since World War II to decline her dowry. It was worth about a million dollars. She took the name, the family name, of her college boyfriend, who is now her husband. Healing the wounds of war takes time. And for some women warriors, the journey begins at sea here CBS's Lilia Luciano
1: ready
10: to go. Sergeant Mia Peterson knows what it's like to be among a small group of women in a military dominated by men. So when women were invited to this year's annual War Heroes and Water Tournament, a three-day deep-sea fishing trip for veterans wounded in combat, the Iraq War vet felt right at home. It's team building, so it also goes back to like some of the military experience that I've had as well. Peterson received a Purple Heart after being injured in 2005, but says returning home was sometimes. The hardest part.
1: It wasn't really known some of the aspects of returning from a war and what that would look like. So I was angry a lot. I was frustrated. I thought there was something wrong with me.
10: Retired Staff Sergeant Vanessa Brown was wounded by a roadside bomb in Afghanistan. A
1: lot of people that I met in the civilian world just wouldn't understand some of the things that I went through. They automatically had the stigma
3: that if you have problems with mental health, you just automatically crazy.
10: That's why these women say it's important to connect with fellow vets at events like this one, where the women caught some of the biggest fish. It's
1: like I could accomplish something again. It was like I had a mission to do, and here's a finish line.
10: And a much-needed lifeline. Lilia Luciano, CBS News, Newport Beach
3: we're so proud of our veterans and thankful to them. Tomorrow, what you need to know about a rare genetic mutation that significantly raises the risk of developing breast cancer. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.